podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. How's it going, people? Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to the Forever Arsenal podcast. Hope everyone is all good and well out there. It's back to the Premier League. It's back to our predictions. You know what it is already. It's been a little while since we've had one of these ones. Prediction League table will be coming up shortly. Um, much to Lee's joy. But Lee, you're in the festive spirit already, yeah? You bastards. You <laughs> absolute... I am fuming. You told me, right, it's to get all on Christmas jumpers and get everything now. I've got it all on. I'll come on and all three of you ain't. And I'll tell you what's bang out of order about this. I haven't got a Christmas jumper. Oh, James. Oh, I'll send you one. So you have one for the, for the show. Like, eh? I'll get all festive up and all three of you have stitched me up. Again, I, I feel very, I feel bullied. I feel bullied, right? you know what I mean? <laughs> to, to, to be fair to Lee, you, you are right. We, we totally forgot. We have failed. You you have succeeded and you've done your bit. But fair play to you. Fair play. Listen, my you. main target and these eight like, I feel like Bell and Rodney when they come up in the Batman and Robin to the funeral now. Thank you very much, guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> and we're actually all wearing black as well, apart from you, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But it's not like the complete opposite. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's come, quite I funny. When, when, I, when I come on, I thought you'd done it deliberately. You swore, oh, that's why I went, I went into one, didn't I? Like, but like, um, you, you, you had, all forgot. Well, you all forgot, like, you know what I mean? So, you look like you a go. right Christmas wanger at the moment. Ian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got to have to try and wang it then, and I like, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> oh, ho, ho. <laughs> but yeah, you know the backstory to that one, people. Lee is right. We was all meant to do a little something. But like I said, these 8 a.m. streams, my main focus is getting here on time before these that throw me under the bus. Getting here on time, <laughs> getting here at all, I think. I think that's your <laughs> main focus. <laughs> well, I'm here half an hour early. I messaged the WhatsApp group, you know. So I, this time is, well, we'll bang on time. Um, but James, nice holiday? Yeah, yeah. Good three days away in Italy. Uh, good to be back. I mean, it was weird watching, um, sort of as I landed, uh, Liverpool City kicked off. Had a quick look at the 11s, not really expecting much. Thought, okay, they're going quite strong, these teams. Um, so it was nice to see a little bit of club football. I'm sure we'll touch on that. Um, but, you know, yeah, just getting ready for the Premier League now. Looking forward to Christmas and and that's that. And then New Year, obviously what the Arteta doctor talk about. So even without, even without you know, Arsenal actually playing any competitive games, apart from the mighty nil-nil draw with Luton, um, there's still always plenty to chat about. So I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we've got the game coming up and we, we tend to kind of end the show with that and give our thoughts on the lineups and all and predictions and all. We've got the Arteta interview on Sky Sports, albeit just part one, because part two hasn't come out yet, but there, there's a lot to take from that. We'll get our thoughts on it. But first and foremost, off the back of the World Cup, and no... We're not going to get into World Cup talk again, people. I know everyone's bored of it now and it's time to move on to Premier League. But Emi Martinez has been not necessarily in the headlines, but he's been a talking point on Twitter and online and amongst the fan bases and, and so on due to some actions, I'd say, off the back of the World Cup win and, and maybe um, below the belt banter, you could call it. I don't know if you want to call it that, but yeah, using Mbappe's face on a door and, you know, uh, not being that much of a graceful winner. Listen, on the pitch, I don't mind it at all. I, you know, I love a bit of that, that shithousery on the pitch. I just think afterwards, just enjoy the moment for what it is, not kind of go at the young player that scored four against you, that actually plays with your best player, your captain. You know, it puts Messi in a bit of an awkward situation, in, in my honest opinion. But 
let me get your thoughts on it first and foremost. I don't know who wants to kick off with it. If anyone has thoughts on it, uh, maybe maybe we can just move on from it. If not, but yeah, Emmy Martinez. Who wants to take it? I know. I mean, it's interesting. We were kind of talking about it off screen. Um, we had slightly different thoughts. I mean, just to give mine super quickly. I, you said it perfectly there, Turkish. It's the on-field, I don't mind. Like, ultimately, do you want to gain an advantage? That's why you have referees and officials. They're there to ensure that it doesn't go over the top and, and, and punish you if anything does. Um, so I don't mind the antics. Listen, I don't think they're particularly um, great to watch, but in a penalty shootout, you're throwing the ball away, you're dancing when you save a pen. If all these little things are giving you a slight mental edge over the opposition, that is so great. That is fine, you know, by all means. And and I think that is part of what makes him so imposing in a penalty shootout. And also, let's not pretend he didn't turn up in that final for Argentina. He was unbelievable, not just in the penalties, that save at the end. And I think largely he's, he's a character that thrives in that kind of pressure. And, and I think they would have benefited from that massively. Um, I think the Mbappe thing's a little classless. Um, I sort of asked Twitter why it was, and you know the, the best reason people could give me was that Mbappe had said something about Europe being your know, European nations being better place to win a World Cup than than mm-hmm. um, South American nations. But I, I, again, I didn't really see too much around that. Just some people sent me the quotes, uh, so I don't know whether that's what's got to him. I think with Martinez, I think he's on the one hand got an elite mentality in that he really thrives on the big occasion. We saw that in the FA Cup for us and. Community Shield, um, and and definitely the World Cup final, but I I do just feel a little bit like when I watched his his uh, interview after the Netherlands game, and he was talking about the world's against us, blah blah blah, the officiating's against us, and I just thought, you know, it's kind of the opposite. Everyone wants Messi to win it, and I think he lives. It might be a part of what he says to himself to drive him to be even better and more motivated in games, but he definitely has this complex about him. This like, you know. It's you know everyone's against me. It's all it's all you know. It's never my fault, and everyone's against me, and I got to fight against the world kind of thing. And again, if it's part of how he drives himself to be better, then fine. But ultimately, whether I think he's got a point or not, I ultimately don't. I don't think everyone was against Argentina at all, um, and I don't really think it's a particularly great look. That's my opinion. I'm I'm quite happy. I'm very happy we've got Ramsdale over him. That's nothing to do with judging them as goalkeepers I think there's more to it in terms of what Ramsdale offers on the ball and and his personality as well I, you know I love Aaron Ramsdale and that debate was popping up a little bit online um but listen you do you congrats on the World Cup win but yeah there's stuff that I just didn't think looked particularly great in my opinion yeah Jordan Lee any thoughts on it yeah like listen I agree with everything J- uh, James has said there about him as a what he's done and certain things and his antics and all that don't uh, I don't agree with at times and all that like, but this this hate for him because you know he left Arsenal and everything like that. I I, I ain't got no hate that he left Arsenal. I, I I feel that you know he was he was mistreated at Arsenal at the end of the day. I think he was left Arsenal. Um, I, I think more on financial reasons than than footballing reasons. He'd waited eight years for, to to get the opportunity. He got the opportunity, took it by both hands, pardon the punt, and then was was left out for footballing reasons for Leno, which I don't think was the right decision. I've got, I do agree with what James is saying there. If, if you wanted me to have a choice between Ramsdale and Martinez, I would I, I would have Ramsdale every day of the week. It doesn't mean, because he's a World Cup winner, it doesn't mean to say he's a better goalkeeper. You know, Loris is a World Cup winner, for Christ's sake. You know what I mean? Like So, so at the end of it, I, I don't see what... I, I don't... I, 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 you know, 
listen, when he comes down to, to Aston Villa and they go, Emil, what's the score and all that when we beat him? Oh, I'm quite happy to join in that because that's football banter and everything like But I, I understand that he's bitter that he left left Arsenal because, you know, I, I think it wasn't the right the right decision for footballing reasons. But it's happened uh, and I don't really dis, dislike him. And, um, you know, some of my mates, by the way, detest him. Going, going to the game like that, yeah, yeah, yeah why, you know, uh, and I, I don't get that, but it's all to their own, isn't it? Like, but uh, uh, I don't agree with some of the answers. Certainly, the in Pepe thing. I think really like in Pepe. In Pepe um, <clears throat> uh, he, he just banged in three goals past him. By the way, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, so, yeah. um, you know, sometimes I think you should keep your mouth shut and uh, and enjoy the moment for what it is. And, and putting the thing with the baby thing, I think is. Very, very disrespectful to to a very, very good player. Yeah, player Messi has to go back to and play with and try and achieve some yeah. something this season. It just all right, they fall out. Yeah, <laughs> Jordan. Um, yeah, I got some thoughts. I don't agree with a lot of what was just said there. Um, surprise, surprise. I, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not to be <laughs> contrary. I just, I just. So going back to when he left Arsenal, I was one of the few people that actually didn't have a problem with it. I thought he was playing really well for Arsenal. I thought he had a justifiable claim to be Arsenal's number one. But people forget that Leno was our number one and was relatively reliable. And to sell mm. your number one goalkeeper who's done a reliable job for a guy that's had a really good six months, I think in hindsight, if it had gone the other way around, would have been seen as would have been seen as insane. You stick with the guy that's reliable, not the guy that's come in for six months. And, and and done really, really, really well. So I, I agree with that, but I, I understood why the club sold Martinez and backed Leno. Why would you... I just think it's a wrong message if you just sell the guy that you've relied on for two years for a guy that's been there for six years, not broken in, and had a really good six-month period, and then you're backing him. So I, don't, I, I didn't have a problem, per se, with selling um, Martinez. The second thing... I have no problem with Marta's antics on the pitch. All the dancing, all the all the um, putting. I, listen, goalkeepers in a penalty shootout are at a disadvantage. Yeah. The striker yeah. or the, the the taker is the favourite to come out victorious. The goalkeeper's reacting to the to, to the shot. So if you and the strikers do that whole hop, skip, stop. No, no yeah. they do that. So why can't goalkeepers on the line? do find any advantage that they can find i have no problem at all with martinez doing what he did i do have a problem with how he's conducted himself since they've won the world cup it is it's, i would go beyond to say it's beyond classless i would go as far to say that baby with the with the thing around his head and the, the totem pole thing that for me i'm not gonna lie that brought up jim crow kkk vibes it did it did that for black people 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago in America. I thought it was disgusting. I'm not saying that he is racist. I'm saying it brought up KKK and Jim Crow vibes, as far as I'm concerned. You just won a World Cup. Why the hell is your focus Mbappe? James is right. Mbappe says some stuff about South American football and South American nations not being able to win a World Cup. Cool. In an interview, you may say, Mbappe, what are you saying now? Or a little post that says, Mbappe, where's your, where's your second World Cup? I don't know. I, I don't know. But that, for me, was way, way too far. Way too far for me. And Lee says that he's an idiot. Pick one, not an idiot. But that he's silly because he let in three goals for Mbappe. It was actually four. 
Yeah, penalty as well. He's yeah, caught yeah, passing yeah. four times. And another reason why Marta's an idiot, because football's a very, very short game. It won't be long before Argentina and France play again. Yeah, you're laughing now, but Mbappe, <laughs> trust me, he will have he will have the last laugh. So I just thought it was beyond classes. I thought it was unnecessary. And I actually think that they won't, but the FA in Argentina is actually reprimanding for that because at your, at your highest moment in your career, why is your focus Mbappe? You've got four million people. Those scenes were insane on the streets of Argentina yeah. and Buenos Aires. Why is your focus Mbappe? Why would you... I, I, if, for me, if I had any respect for him at all, it completely went after that. And I, I think that he needs to be very, very careful about doing those sorts of things and shooting at people like Mbappe because, bro, you play for Aston Villa. So just just, just remember your day-to-day, you play for Villa. Mbappe's a bad boy. Mbappe's the next king of the sport. So just show a little bit of class and a bit of respect. And I don't think he did that in anything he did after that World Cup victory. Yeah, Mbappe will probably have the last laugh. And you consider his day-to-day is Aston Villa. It's like back to life, back to reality. After Humble that yourself, World Cup. bro. Humble yourself. You know he what did I mean? also, he left with a lot of love from Arsenal. That was the one... Lee, I thought you made a lot of brilliant points, but that was the one bit I did disagree with. The um, you know, Arsenal fans hating that he left or all that. I don't think they did. I think I think Arsenal fans largely understood that we had two very good goalkeepers. Yeah. One had to go. Leno was injured, so we weren't going to command a particularly great fee for him, even if he was. I mean, what what's a goalkeeper of Leno's quality even then worth? 20, 30 million? He went for twenty. Um, it was even shorter than six months, Jordan. I think I think it was like because it was lockdown, wasn't it? I mean, probably. Yeah, it was like four months. Something like that, right? Yeah. And um, and he did brilliantly. And I was with you. I was kind of like, this guy might be good enough to be our number one. You know, I thought his distribution was better. I thought he had more of a commanding presence. But I was very happy with what I would seen. But I think the Arms fans were. I remember them saying to Villa fans, like, you know, look after him for us. You know, you got a top one, you know, and and kind of rooting for him. Um, And and that's why I haven't really appreciated some of the interviews. It, It has been a while since he's spoken about us. So, Trying to yeah, you know, that, that recall thing. You're right. You're right. He trying was, to recall it, everything he said. You know, some it, might say it, it wasn't. You know, did right. But but looking back, I I just remember the amount of stuff. And again, look, if he was asked things in interviews, he's got absolutely every right to answer them. But I just thought, oh come on, we really wish you a lot of love and luck in the future when you left. And it felt like there was this kind of animosity being driven. And in fairness, Arsenal fans, I think, have fueled that in a really good way by making yeah. it toxic for him when he comes to the Emirates. Me and you were at Villa Park Turkish as well. Um, and we beat them 1-0 and we gave him a lot there. And listen, that's the side of football I love. Football needs that kind of heat and spice a, a little bit and that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, it does. And it does lack it. But there, there is a line. There is a hundred percent. I to- totally agree with what you've been saying there, James. I, I think he did leave on good from the Arsenal fans. We all let sort of thought, yeah, great. You know, it was then he come out in an interview and he dis- dissed Arsenal a little bit, didn't he? Like, but what I'm saying is, I understand his frustration at that moment in time. He was probably like, you know, I've been here all that time trying to get my chance at Arsenal. And I think if you you look at, it, I look at it from his point of view. You know, you've been trying for eight years to play for Arsenal. It's, you know, the, the pinnacle for, 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 for someone like myself. And then, you know, oh, we're going to sell you. I felt was a little bit harsh on him. But, it, listen, he didn't conduct himself very, very well then when he left and, and said those things. And to be honest, he, he's not learned his lesson, has he? Because he's carried it on now to where he is now. So, at, at the end of it, we all move on. And, and I'll tell you what, Aston Villa have never been like, one of those fiery games for us, but it is now, you know, we need to beat them every mm. time now because of that. Mm. So, so that, yeah. that, that enhances our, uh, 
our our games now, like you know. Yeah. So keeps our focus and uh, as fans and as players. So yeah, it ain't a bad thing all all round, like you know. It, it is. You're right. It's a new rivalry, Villa, isn't it? Because yeah, of the yeah. stuff the Smith Row bid. They rejected Douglas Louise, but there was something else. I can't remember. I think oh, they got Buendia over yeah. us. Yeah, um, and, and of course Emery's there now. Like, Emery's you know, there. Oh, yeah. oh, I tell you what, Villa Parks. <laughs> that's going to be a big one. <laughs> yeah, it, like you know, do you know what? Like with that Villa Park game now, like you know, you say, oh, Aston Villa. It's just Aston Villa. It's a normal game. Now all of a sudden, oh, oh, that'd be good. Can't afford, yeah. can't lose to them now. Can't so there, there's a rivalry because of it, like you know. But I, I, I honestly think the Martinez won't be there much longer. I, I think like. Manchester United may be coming in for him or I think there's rumours at Bayern Munich. I think mm. he'll, he'll go to a bigger club. And my girlfriend's brothers are Villa fans. There you go. These are all the things that matter. Yeah, <laughs> that's what everyone's really worried about. So, fair enough. Let's not... Let's not... What did you say, Lee? Why, why didn't you mention that one first? You know what I mean? Like, you know, well, that was the just, main one. It's just, yeah... Slip Fluffy pillars and you know your 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 girlfriend's Aston Villa fan, like you know. There you go. No, she's an Arsenal fan. No, yeah. did, I, well, did, I, did, I, did I miss that? Did I? No, they're they're Villa fans. By the way, I don't know if she is an Arsenal fan. I'm forcing her to be. Oh, but <laughs> by default, listen, she's we want to get Grealish. I know he's got a man sitting there, but uh, you know, she's she wanted you to make your ear like Jack Grealish. Get get the other <laughs> man in. Never, not a chance of it. Anyway. We won't dwell on Martinez too long because I think we've given him more than enough time already, considering he's not an Arsenal player anymore. But like I said, he was much talked about after that World Cup win and his lack of focus on the win itself and more so on Mbappe. But we'll move because we've got a lot to talk about. And um, before we go on to West Ham, um, has everyone watched the Arteta interview, Sky Sports Part One? I caught part one, but did they air part two on Sky? I was out the country. Did they? I haven't air... seen part two. Oh, no, I haven't seen part two. But I've, I've seen lots of quotes. It must have been shown somewhere. Have you seen it, John? I, I just want to say, I watched the whole interview, not the highlights. I saw the whole <laughs> 19 minutes, 20 seconds. Yeah. All right. Okay. I just want to let everyone know. Stand innovation. I don't watch the football, but the interviews, I'm all in. Yeah. <laughs> ready to pick them apart, Jordan. Ready to pick them apart. Journalists and him don't watch the games, but watch his interviews. Oh. You know what I mean? So. Read the match reports. Makes sense. Lee, you watched it, obviously. Yeah, I watched it. Very, very uh, interested. Really, really good. I, I think that um, Mikel's always come over really well with the press and all that. Like, uh, really enjoyed it. But I'm going to say I've but I just felt a little bit, mm, bit early. This in it, like 14 games, top of the league. Um, our, our sky building him up to to knock him down. I was a little bit wary of that, you know. And then when I'm thinking, well, it's only 14 games, ain't achieved nothing yet. Uh, I, I would have liked that interview to come in a bit bit later. Um, say another 10 games down the line with still top of the league and Eddie up front. Um, I, I would have liked a little bit more. I just felt a little bit uneasy by that. Um, but I thought it was a, a really, really good um, insight and an and interview. And... Uh, I, I think even when things were going wrong and with Mikel Arteta, he's always been a classy guy. Always been classy, whether you thought he should be manager or not. I think that that has come across really, really well. Timing, I'm not so sure about. Yeah, what I, know you, uh, I know what Lee means in terms of Sky building him up to to um, eventually either, you know, batter him at the end of the season if he doesn't achieve what he what it seems like we can achieve. And I'm not saying a title win by that, but I mean, you know, being in and around the conversation and finishing comfortably in top four. 
But I like the interview. I mean, something I've always liked from Mikel from the start is the way he speaks and what he says and how he says it. And, you know, 99% of the time I, I've agreed with him. It just tends to be when he says the Cronkays are backing him and so on that I've been a bit hesitant to agree. But as we've seen in transfer windows, I guess there, there's a very strong argument that they have backed him. I, I'll pick out January last year as a window um, to, to say otherwise. But everyone can use the other windows to, to prove their case. So I understand that. But in terms of speaking, well, honest and open, like, you know, when he was asked about, oh, but we just mentioned Martinez. I forget that Martinez is one of the players he had to deal with over his time. Gwen Doozy, Mesa Ozil, um, pro- probably a handful of players when he was asked about Oba in particular. He said there were several players over my time that I had to kind of deal with in a sense. And he said, when you're in a process and you, you want to go faster and there's players, you know, holding that down, you know, weighing that down, you've got to make decisions. And and I actually like that a lot because it, it is the truth. It was more of an insight into um, how he feels about having dealt with these players like Gwen Doozy, like Aubameyang. So that that part in particular, I liked all around. I liked the interview. I'm waiting for part two. I want to see, see more of it. But I'm also with Lee, 14 games in. It is quite early, um, but we'll see. All we can do is we'll see. I mean, when All or Nothing was announced, I thought the same thing. I thought, what is this club doing? Is, is this club ready to have a behind-the-scenes documentary and insight into everything Arsenal? And we came out of the, the back end of it, not with flying colours. We didn't finish top four, but more, much more a positive than a negative. So I'm going to look yeah. at this way, this one in the same manner. Um, I, I, on this one, I actually do agree with Lee um, as well. I I think the timing is interesting. Um, I would have rather this this interview happened five, ten games from now as well. We're not even halfway through the season yet, and it does kind of have vibes of you know um, be, Arsenal being built up to you know for, for for a crash ending. I get why Sky would want this interview. The biggest story in the league right now is that Arsenal top of the league and Sky, as a sports broadcaster, would want to interview the manager of the team top of the league. I don't think Arsenal are unique in that sense. I think if it was Brighton that were top now, they would go for you know their manager. If it was whoever's top of the league right now, I think they'd want that interview going into Christmas. So I get why it makes sense for Sky. But I remember someone saying once, I forgot who it was, years ago, that when managers do interviews in press conferences and press conferences... They're speaking to one of, if not all three types of people. The players, the boards, the media. They want to get a message to one of those three groups of people. And my watching this interview, I thought it was a good interview. I thought he said, as he always does, all the right things. But my thinking was, what does I know what Sky get out of this, but what does Mikel Arteta get out of this? And I think the only think that he thought he may be getting out of this was maybe ramping up a little bit of pressure onto the board at a time when I think he thinks he can win the league. I, I, I think now that Mikel Arteta believes I can win this league, but I just need some help. And I wonder if the interview was like a, was like a subtle and a very polite hmm. on the door of the board to say, come on guys, like World Cup's over. We've got, we got a ba- bad injury to arguably our best player, help me out here to kind of really kick on and get this job, get this job done. Um, I think it might have also been a message to the players to say, look, um, this has been part of a plan. And he kind of into, he kind of alluded to the fact that they're a year ahead of schedule. 
So while they have an opportunity now, grab it and let's go. So I thought it was a good interview overall. Um, I would have liked it, like I said, to, to have happened after Christmas, um, even into January. But I, I can only guess that he did the interview because he wants to get a message upstairs to say, come on, guys, like, I believe if I can do this. Just give, just give me a little bit of help. There's a couple of quotes outside of that interview that I've read over the last couple of days that that make me agree with you. And he was asked about Martinelli, he kind of, you know, insinuated that Martinelli's best deployed off the left. He wants him running at the wingers and that's Martinelli's mm. best position. He said that Jesus is is irreplaceable. And, and he also mentioned that the transfer window is an option. And then I've seen a quote. I saw it on AFTV's Instagram, actually, but it's a, it, apparently it's a direct quote from Arteta saying, we're not in a position yet where we where we um, can't... We're not in a position not to maximise every transfer window. And I remember he said that at the beginning of last January, yeah, we yeah. need to maximise every window to, to get to and keep up with the big boys. So uh, th- those two comments in particular, transfer window is an option, and having to maximise the window yet again. I feel like it is, you know, a, a little message to the board saying, mm. listen, I know it's tight. I know you've backed me already, but I'm doing my job. You do your job. And by that, I also mean manipulate manipulate the system. If you need to pull out some money out of nowhere, do it the same way these other clubs do it. It shouldn't have to be doing that, though. Mm. That's my worry about that, because um, you've only got, if you know what you know, we go into the game against West Ham, by the way, with no striker on the bench. Now, that to me isn't, you know, you can't have those two. I look at uh, the Manchester City game yesterday with uh, Liverpool. Look at the players Manchester City are bringing on in that game. That's what we're competing against. So it's not, it's, it's you know, and we're actually now competing it with, with no, no backup striker, no one to come on. You know what I mean? If we're one nil down, who's coming on to turn that game around? Like you know, and I, I, I think that at the moment he's right. What we're saying, you know, when, when, remember when we was like winning titles and things like that? It was like oh maybe just one player just to come in, just to just to keep the things ticking away. Like you know, yeah. at the moment I think if we all put our hands up now, how many players do you think we need in January? It's three or more. So I, I think he's, he's. He knows, and I think that you know, maybe he's covering himself a little bit by saying, "Look, I'm, I'm, t- I, I, I was telling you that interview we needed players, and the ball didn't go. I don't know, but I, I feel that they've got a good relationship now. So, I, I, I think that, um, I, I do think that they, the club, will back him, and, I, and I'm going to say this now, like you know, I, I don't care whether we're a year in front, two years in front. This is here and now. This is the best opportunity to win the league because of what I'm seeing with Manchester City in the moment, this isn't the Manchester City of a year ago, two years ago. I see vulnerability in them. I, I, I watched them yesterday. Like, you know, Liverpool scored two goals. They could have had five. I haven't Ooh. seen that from Manchester City for, for a few seasons. They've like brushed teams aside. But there, there's a little bit, I'm not saying that, 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 that I think it's an issue that they'll probably get right towards the end of the season, but there is a vulnerability with Manchester City. Don't be... I'm not scared of Manchester City like I was a couple of years ago. I'm not like thinking, wow, they're going to come beat us easily three or four. You know, like when I, we played them in the League Cup, you know, that we never laid a glove on them. We never laid a glove on them two, three days later in the league when it was freezing cold. I, I felt um, New Year's Day last season, nearly a year ago, we put more than a glove on them. 
uh, and unfortunately lost the game, but we we competed with them. I think that we we can challenge them, but we've got he and uh, us as fans. We've got to have the right tools going into that to that thing. Now we aren't going to have as many. You know, somebody said to me, "Oh well, well Harland, what happens if he gets injured? Well, their backup's a World Cup winner." Mm. You know what I mean? That's the difference. So we've got to have this mentality now, mm. like of no, I'm not. Not worried about next year because you know, do you know, as as my good granddad said, tomorrow never comes, guys, never comes. You know what I mean? So don't think about what's going to happen to you. Make it happen now. And we've got an opportunity. We're five points clear at the top of the Premier League. We're not five points behind a year later. If we're five points by on this time next year, are we going to win the league? No, we're not. You know what I mean? Like take it with both hands now, and that means January. Get some business done. So they are in somewhat of a transition, Manchester City. I know when it comes to Arsenal and these transition, is transition the right word? Is that the word that's always used? I think it I is. I think so, yeah. Well, they, that is the word they use, but I'd agree that City are in some kind of transition. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that their one, you know, is about their, their transitions take a year. Ours tends to take three to five years. So I'm looking at them this season okay. and Sterling out the door, bringing in a, number, a proper number nine for the first time since Aguero left. Um, Zinchenko and Jesus, vital components to the squad, I'd say. You know, this summer mm. they've gone through an awful lot of change, and that's kind of shown in their league performances. Haaland's hit the ground running, but all round there is doubts there whether you know without Haaland can they live up to it. Yes, Alvarez stepped in for Argentina and and done his thing, and and you know got four goals at a World Cup and a World Cup winners' medal. So I'm sure he's on a high and ready to push Haaland. But I think it is a massive opportunity for us. There's no there's no guarantee that we're going to be in this position or in a better position this time next year. So I, I, I'm with Arteta. Whether you know he he mentions we're ahead of the process. I think I think that Jamie asked something about it and he said ahead, and that was his answer mm. to that. But at the same time, Lee's right. It's here and now, and there's a massive opportunity. Five points, five point clear. Yes, it's early days. It's only 14 games, but. We can do something this season. I'm not saying you know go, go you know win the league and or that's it. What I'm saying is make sure that we at least are in the conversation towards the end of the season, top two, top three, worst mm-hmm. case after this great start. Otherwise, the great start will be quickly forgotten. And I think when you look at players, we mentioned this. I think Jay's we mentioned this when players are looking at Arsenal now in this January window, it's probably the best Arsenal outside looking in in any window for the last five years minimum. Yeah. Since oh, we Sanchez. also touched on, um, I think it was on a live show, we touched on sort of Arsenal and their brand a little bit changing the last three, four years. Mm. The the young squad with the young manager giving Halen players a chance, playing really good football. Um, you know, we mentioned, you know, rappers mentioning Arsenal in their songs and, and Logan Paul and KSI in their stuff. You know, there's all this stuff that has made Arsenal you know, while it retains its traditions and values and how often does Arteta talk about that, it's become also a club that, you know, people are wearing their Adidas Arsenal shirts, the black and gold with pride or whatever kit comes out. Everyone is, I see them on the streets and, you know, Arsenal look good and they feel good and all these things. I think I think the brand, yeah, I think that's a part of why they wanted the interview with Arteta. I think Arteta's also become like... I I, th- I think it's too early to say this because, as you said, it's only 14 games in. But I think people are quite confident that actually he is 
the really impressive up and coming young manager that people like Pochettino and Guardiola three years ago felt he was and would be. Um, and so I think generally he's just very interesting to listen to. I think, um, you know, Sky got themselves a, you know, a really interesting interview. You know, the stuff with Pep I found very interesting. Um, but I think also, yeah, I, you know, Jordan asked what it does for us. And I think ultimately it's more that transfer message. I think that is the big thing. It's getting insight into how he feels where we are with everything, um, you know, 14 games in. But I, I liked it. Um, I'm looking forward to part two. I saw some quotes about Granite Xhaka and how he said to him, guys, I haven't seen this. So I'm very much just the source is Twitter. Um, but uh, Jordan, I think if you, I think, and I don't know if you saw it in this bit, if it was someone else. I think he said he needed a goal-scoring number eight, and he told Jacka, "You got to be that, or I'm going to sign one." And he came back slimmer, and and apparently, you know, sort of adapted to it very quickly. That's fascinating insight. I love that because no secret. You know, that's not giving away secrets. You know, Graham Potter's not sitting there going, "Oh, he's playing box to box, is he? I didn't know that. I know, you know, bloody we talk about it on tactical insight, but it's." It's very interesting hearing how that came about because fans understand their stuff and we kind of saw that Xhaka was playing in this new role and now we know why. I, I really like that kind of stuff. So lots I liked. Yeah, I feel that sense that maybe a little early, but ultimately um, I think it was a really good interview. And I like that it was conducted by Carragher. I think Carragher's always had a real kind of uh, respect for Arteta even in his times of criticism for Arsenal he's always recognised what Arteta's trying to do um, and I enjoyed the dynamic between them two I did think it was good yeah and Jordan did you want to say something or no, well no, yeah, no but yeah uh, just, brief, <laughs> just briefly in the sense of I thought that I liked the fact that he spoke about the plan and the fact that how he kind of had semi-mapped out his career from the moment he retired at Arsenal it sounds like what he said Pep tapped him up while he was still playing, was saying, you know, I know you're doing your badges. Yeah. I'd love you to come and work with me. And the fact that he was kind of using Arteta as like a bit of a a, a, a bit of a sounding board knowledge type thing, if you like, of English football. And how he yeah. spoke about, you know, Pep was always told, you can't play tiki-taka in this, in this league. And Pep was like, watch me, <laughs> watch me. And the fact that he's adapted and now everyone's trying to play the way that Pep plays at Barcelona shows his influence on the league. And Arteta was clearly... Um, an integral part in 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 that, and just he says, understanding referees, how you referee in La Liga is different to League Um, which is different to Serie A, different to the Premier League, and understanding what you can get away with, what you can't get away with. You know, where are the away grounds to watch out for? Right, when you go to Stoke, trust me, prepare for it. When you go to Everton, the fans are on top. When you go to, do you know what I mean? And Arteta mm. was the guy that kind of helped him in that sense, and him talking about his first job being a big job at Arsenal. There's definitely a privilege there. I wanted him at Arsenal from the get-go, but you can't deny it. For your first job, your first job to be Arsenal, that is massive privilege. But he's talking about how he had a plan and he presented the plan to the board and it seems now it's coming to fruition. And I, I, I always kind of saw and believed there was a plan. So no, he spoke, he spoke really well and there were things in there that I knew already, I think we all knew. But I just think hearing him say it was um, was interesting. My focus now is what now as Lee says there's a chance this season to do something special how do we how do we kick on from here on in to ensure the World Cup doesn't become an excuse for our falling off on form and Jesus being out doesn't doesn't mean our season ends up terminal 
So just very quickly, there, there was there was a very interesting um, insight into kind of his influences in football. And he was asked, you know, what his style is. And, and he talked about Johan Cruyff and stuff. But it, it, it kind of got me thinking because for a long time, we've kind of compared him to Pep a lot. And there are undoubtedly similarities. But when you kind of were hearing him talk about his journey in football and the managers he's played under, things he's done, I think you can see a little bit of that in kind of a little bit of everything in his team. I think sometimes the passing combinations by Arsenal feel very Wenger. You know, the the sort of quite condensed, quick one-two passes. You know, he was playing in a midfield that did that at times. Didn't win a lot. Well, FA Cup or two. Um, but, but ultimately, it was brilliant to watch. And he was at the heart of that sometimes. Um, but then on the other hand, you've got the positional play very much influenced by Guardiola. I think the importance of set pieces, I mean... City are very good at them, but you could say that maybe his time at Everton with, with Moyes might have been a, an influence on that side. I think you can see in his teams where he's taken a lot of learnings from everywhere, you know, being pragmatic at first to get over the line with the FA Cup. Um, so it, it, it helped me understand him even more. And that's all I really want from these things, coming away from it going, I learned something, you conducted yourself well, you sent a good message. Boom, and and I feel very, I feel very proud to him as Arsenal manager right now. Like I do, I when he shows up to do something and he's in the in the media, and he's representing Arsenal, I have total trust that he's going to come out of it looking good, and 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 I like that. And I do think he, that's important. I think you you know you you you're dead right, and and what he's done is he has brought Arsenal as a fan base together as well. Like you know, it's I I think it doesn't get yeah. enough credit for that. Doesn't get enough credit for that. That it was a very, very fractured um, fan base to start with. It then was fractured by, by his poor performances and things like that. But somehow he 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 won a lot a lot of fans. Like you know, I, I was saying that he probably probably should have been sacked at the time. Um, would I want him sacked now? No. So he's turned that around. So you know, you have to give this man credit for that. Like, you know, I was very fortunate enough to meet him a little while, like not this year, last year against Wolves, um, and and you just think, wow, what a, what what a guy. You know what I mean? You can't help but dislike him. You know, when you went, sometimes you don't really want to meet someone like that because you want to be critical. You to mean him like the time. him? Huh? You he, can't help but like him. him. Yeah, yeah, you can't help but like him, and. Um, yeah, you think like to yourself, well, I don't know how I can criticise you now, like, you know, more, and I actually felt bad that I had criticised him, you know what I mean? That's how, that's how, it, how it does to you, like, you know, but um, I, I think that he, 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 that's the thing that he has to take a lot of, lot of credit for, like, you know, and I'll tell you what he has to take a lot of credit for, is that when we lost to Manchester United, I didn't see Arsenal fans losing their stuff about it when we mm. lost to Brighton I didn't see Arsenal for because there's a trust now there's a belief in this man you know what I mean like you can um believe in him a little bit more and I think that's to do with the team as well you've 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 got a um a thing now where I certainly have where I, I I'm loving the Arsenal players so if they do let me down which they will do at some part of the season I'm forgiving you know what I mean there was a time when I wasn't forgiving you know what I mean like you know I, I, so I for for him to do that, I, I think is a massive, massive thing, and big, big credit to him for doing that. Yeah, I think exactly. Lee, you just said that. Sorry, just I'll shut up. I promise in a second. I won't, but I'll try to. But Lee just briefly says that that he felt really bad sometimes about criticizing Mikel Arteta. You guys know that I'm a big fan of Mikel Arteta. Always have been. But the times when Lee was critical, I think it was fair. 
there were times last season where he he there were, we had runs of, of of performances and games where it wasn't good mm. enough. It wasn't mm. good enough, and I think the criticism that you guys gave him. And I, off the Everton game, I remember that Everton game in particular, I was mm. fuming. I thought that even that was the first game where I thought, mm, maybe mm. this guy isn't the guy. And I thought that the criticism at that point was fair. You know, he's doing yeah. a really good job overall. We're on the right trajectory. But let's not pretend like there haven't been failings. Now, when you, when you get better, they're going to be failings. You're going to have to learn from losses and learn from mistakes. And those times where I think it was, it was justified to be critical of him. Do you know what? That's a great point that Jordan says there. And I tell you, that is where that documentary come in, has come in really well and helped mm. out me. Because I was fuming that day as well, like, you know what I mean? But so was he. Mm, when yeah. he wrote back onto that, he come in and said, oh, I told you what was going to happen if you didn't pull up your feet. He was, yeah. and I, you know, that's where that documentary has come good for Mikel because all of a sudden you think, do you know what? Now I'm in the dressing room. If things ain't going well, I'll know that he'll be in there giving him yeah. a rollicking, like, you know, because I've seen it. You know, that game against Man City, he come in and he was fuming, you know, yeah, because he actually point. said to him, I told you exactly what was going to happen. And we was all saying the same. So, you know, and I think that's where, I, also, I do think that with everything, that documentary did help, has helped him because people see what he was doing and, and, and having a moan and you think, you know what, yes, well done, Mikel, like, you know. And I think that that's where, that, that, definitely helped him as well just quickly remembered i think it's three years that he's been in the job so maybe that's why the timing yeah. was what it was um so that that yeah that makes sense yeah i saw a comment underneath the video the interview and someone said whatever happens with with Mikel and arsenal moving forward he'll be known as a manager to give arsenal back to the fans and and i get and i get what that means because mm. where Great we was point. three years ago compared to where we are now, I have to give him massive credit because that was probably the biggest part of the job um, mm. just behind winning the league and winning major honours and getting us back up there, connecting the fan base to the club again. And and like Lee said, you know, I, I like a lot more players now than I did three years ago. Um, I've got a lot more hope and belief than I did three years ago. There's no divine right to win the league, Champions League and so on. Only one team can do that across the competitions. But I want to feel like this every December. I want to feel like this every January where whether we're five points clear or five points behind, there's a chance we can do something. Too many years went by before Mikel and, and, and during Wenger's years and Emery's where everything was kind of done and dusted by February, sometimes January, sometimes November, mm. December. It's just about hope and belief and liking what you're seeing. It, it is. And um, I think it's important that we also mention that whilst bringing the fan base together and us enjoying our team again is really important. It's essential. Ultimately, he'll be judged on results and trophies yeah. As, yeah, yeah, as, yeah. as he should be because there's another manager that also has brought a fan base together recently who's been battered for the last three weeks about his performances for the national team. And I would argue that Gareth Southgate's body of work for England is a better body of work than Arteta's for Arsenal. And he's not getting any credit for what he's doing. So I think it's important that whilst we, it's important that we acknowledge what he's done for the club in terms of the club and the fan base, ultimately, we're not here just to kind of sing Kumbaya and hold hands and feel good. Arsenal should be winning trophies. Or at the bare minimum, as we've always said, competitive for yeah. major trophies. At the bare minimum, we Arteta needs to make us competitive. And that's ultimately what he'll be judged by and what he should be judged by. Yeah, I agree. 
We had a friendly the other day against Luton behind closed doors. Ended nil no, nil, but didn't see it. Didn't see it. Didn't no see one it, saw it, Jordan. So we're all in the same boat, there, mate. No worries about that. <laughs> but he loves to get over here. I was getting behind closed doors. He loves it. <laughs> he loves it. Yeah. Jordan behind the closed doors. <laughs> Saka Martinelli played in that game though, which is the started. positive news to take from it. What was yeah. going to say, James? I think they started. Started. There you go. So. Uh, looking at the World Cup and the impact from it, Jesus, big injury, out for a while. Saliba, not sure how, you know, or when he's going to return if he hasn't already. Today. Oh, well, today, that'll give him a... Well, that'll only give him a couple of days. So I doubt... He has to start. Sorry, he has to start against West Ham. Uh, the, the, the pace at which I'm seeing players come back, you know, Rodri was in the starting eleven. Um who else? De Bruyne, Gundogan. To, 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 think... to be fair, though, that they've been back at least a week. Ake, been, I mean, two, I mean, they were knocked out maybe two weeks ago. Uh, no, I appreciate, but they've also played a lot more football. So, I, I would argue that you mm. know, get back a couple of tra- You know, so when was the World Cup final? That was on Sunday. What day is it now? It's that Christmas period. I don't know what the hell's right, going on. It's Friday today. So, so it's been five, six days since the final. He's had five to six days off and he's played 27 minutes of football across the World Cup. Um, I, I think he's got to play against West Ham personally. I, I would be quite disappointed. That, that's not on him. That's not yeah. a, I'm putting pressure on you to turn up. Um, but just, I, I think, I'm more surprised that Ake would have, I think, played every minute of the tournament for um, the Netherlands, you know, through to the quarterfinals. They played two weeks ago and he's back you know, 12, 13 days later playing in a Carabao Cup tie against Liverpool, that feels quicker to me than, yes, he, Saliba went all the way, but didn't play. He played 27 minutes and I feel like he should be available. I, am I being harsh? No, Listen, no, I, I, I agree. Don't know nothing no, on this. No. So I, I agree. Should have been back I, I, a couple I, of days ago. Yeah. You know, Friday's not, you know, he hasn't hardly yeah. played. Yeah. And Pappy, he's back training. He's played every single minute. Yeah, but I don't right. want to get on Saliba. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I genuinely have no idea what the protocol is or what they feel they need and adjustment and all that. I don't know. But no, I... you're, you're being nice there, James. But you're right. You're t- I totally agree with you. I, there's, there's no reason why he should be starting in that. I can't think of a reason why he should be, should be starting in that game. The only players, the only players that can maybe get a slight extended stay are the players for Argentina. They're the yeah. only players for me that I think you can understand Alvarez might not be in the squad for Boxing Day or, you know, Messi, that, that, they're the only one. And even then, if I'm their clubs, I'm saying you've had a week partying, get back to work now. You're not tired because this is a midpoint in the season. This is not a World Cup at the end of a season. Do you know what I mean? This, 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 is, mm. this, this is the midpoint of the season. So, yeah. no, I, I think if Saliba's not in that team, I'm... So I'm fuming, but I'm 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 disappointed big time. There's no reason why Saliba and we need him. Let's have it right. We we, we need all the players we, that we can get from our first it's team. So slightly concerning that the last 180 minutes of friendly football we haven't put it in the back of the net. Now I was, uh, I think, quite passionately defending you know the team when Lee was saying, "Listen, we can't all be saying our oh, momentum's great when we're winning friendlies, and then the minute we lose, it's what well, it doesn't matter." Um, you know. Two games in a row of not scoring a goal when we're going out with this sort of 11s that we're going out with. Okay, you start to wonder. Yeah. I There's nothing to panic about. But I think you do think, hmm, yeah, okay. Let's hope Let's hope we get a goal in that first half against West Ham. That's what I'm saying. Because then otherwise they think 
then the doubts do start to just slightly creep in. When it gets to that 60th minute, we're like, when did we last score a goal? <laughs> you know, oh, in Dubai, <laughs> right? Like, you know, it does, I think it does start to play in your mind. And this is a young team. And I think there's been a fantastic momentum, but let's start really well against West Ham. I know we'll go into the previous stuff in a sec. Um, because I, I do think you just don't want that to become, you know, Jesus is injured. We don't score goals. And by the way, we looked really good against Juve and AC Milan and Leon, but still, let's nip that in the bud quickly. But we're going to the preview now. We already started, so I'm assuming by the conversation we're having so far, in terms of lineup, we're looking at Ramsdale, we're looking at Ben White right back, Saliba Gabriel centre backs, left back, and he's in Chenko news. No, where? What? I don't. What? Where is he? I'm telling oh, you, I told you a few weeks ago. It's concerning. Yeah, oh, we said it yeah, me and Sean said it. Should we just address this quickly for a second? We're talking about a guy who's injured. So I I mean, you know, who knows? Injured while there's been no football. Listen, first and foremost, like, you know, I, I want him to be back and, and I hope he's all right and back soon. But it, it does raise a question why it's not a Zinchenko thing, why Arsenal do seem to go through periods of time where fans don't really know what's going on with the fitness of certain players. Now, I don't really mind if you're trying to keep the opposition guessing, like, will he be back, will he, you know, will he not? And then he is, and then it's like, you know, that, that I kind of get. But when it's like, well, Zinchenko, you know, should be a couple of weeks and he's out a month. Well, Smith-Rowe, we didn't quite know what was going on with him and suddenly he needs an operation. Tommy Asu was out for ages and we had no idea why. Like, these are very weird things. I don't actually know if keeping it secret does the club many favours. I think they think it gives them this kind of advantage. Well, I don't know what they think, but it's, I don't think it is an advantage. All the opposition don't know if Tommy Asu is going to be available. I, I don't know if it does. I think ultimately he's been out for two months. Just tell us it's going to be another two. I, I don't, do you, do you I, what do you guys think of it? I just think it's strange. We don't know anything about Zinchenko. Well, well, the Zinchenko one worries me. You know, how can you get injured when you're not playing games of football? That's, that is a worry. You know I mean? It's a worry. I don't care. He has been training. He has been training now. He's back in training now. But what also it would do for me, um, worries me how the the team morale and balance go there. Because you've got someone like Tierney, for instance, who's done really, really well. By the way, didn't play against Luton. I don't know if that was a precaution or or he's injured as well. But if you're playing week in, week out, doing all the stuff in Dubai and all that, and someone just keeps coming back in the team, Right, um, you're getting left out. Comes back in the team. Let's face it, you know Tommy Asu was in that position, and then all of a sudden he comes back and he's in that position. Plays one game, which was the last game, and then he's let out again. He's not back in there again. All of a sudden, you start getting a little bit like restless, you know, teeny bit. Hold on a minute, Every, uh, what, this is not right. So I think it, it, you know these injury issues have got to be addressed. Tommy Asu, you know, the last time I see him, he was playing for Japan. Hasn't played a guy, hasn't kicked a ball since. I don't know how long ago they were out of the World Cup, but that ain't right. That's not right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, for for me, if you're not fit for Arsenal, you should not be available on an international stage. So if you've gone out there in the World Cup, you've declared yourself fit, you get yourself back here and declare yourself bloody fit as well. Because I tell you that now, Japan ain't paying him his wages. We are. So where is he? And I've just been a little bit frustrated with this and all that, like you know, um, too many, too many of them. Shinchenko, you know, you can bring in Tierney into that mould as well, like you know, I mean, if you want to. Tommy Esso, who hasn't played hardly at all, 
you know. And, and and to be honest, come in and when he has played, he's played left back, leaving out a, a fully fit left back. So I, I I do worry about those sort of uh, things. Out. Get yourselves fit and, and may, maybe they're looking at them, just keeping them precautions so that they can be not rushing them back like, you know. The Smith Row one, I'm going to say this now, the biggest disappointment for me of this, what the the pre-season friendlies or these friendlies and all that, is that I've not seen his name on those games once. Once. So when does he come back and play for Arsenal? Against Tottenham away, is that his first game? Manchester United at home, is that his Newcastle, Manchester City? You know, he has got to be on that team sheet for that Charlton game. Uh, sorry, for the Oxford game. He has got to be on that. You know what I mean? Otherwise, you know, when this is a worry for me, like, you know, a big, big worry, you know. like Yeah. Um, that is a worry for me. But so, Sorry to cut you down. No. no yeah. But it's, it's more my frustration. Look, am I frustrated at players that are injured? Yeah, but it's not their fault. And it happens in football. The frustration is how little we know about it. And I guess my big question is, does, is there a benefit for the club to us not knowing about it? If there is, then you know what, we get on with it and we know we need depth anyway. But I just don't know what us being kept so in the dark, unless they really just don't know much. From, unless Zinchenko was meant to be fit and has had setbacks. And I think Arteta alluded to a Smith-Rowe mini setback, but said he's very, very mm. close. I mean, that's all great. But I think, you know, I, I remember even when we used to have all sorts of injuries, like 2010 times. We, you know, Fabregas, Van Persie were always injured, right? But I think we largely knew when they were expected to come back. Yeah, um, they even had on point. the website, they had an injury list section. You know, it, it, it did. Which, is, which, which in itself is quite worrying. <laughs> you got well, a whole yeah. tab yeah. on the website for injuries. Yeah. <laughs> should be flying he should be flying in these preseason games. He should be like, you know, he, 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 he come back for the last two games. You've had a little rest. You've got a bit of trade. He should be flying. He should be. He hasn't played in the World Cup. And he's not there. So I'm assuming it'll be Tierney. I know Tierney didn't play the other day, but probably that might be well, hopeful thinking, more precaution due to a lack of Zinchenko and Tomiyasu mm. than it is anything on Tierney. Because I think last time we spoke and, and James was the, the one to watch the Juventus game, he mentioned Tierney was probably the standout one, the one that got credit from him afterwards. So. Brilliant. Yeah, so we all assuming Tierney will slot into that position. Yeah, I think it has to be. It has to other be. than that, is there is there any other is there much conversation moving up the pitch? I mean, Partey, Jacker, and Odegaard pick themselves, and you have Saka, Martinelli either side of now Eddie and Ketia. My biggest think... concern is the bench. It's going to be weak, isn't it? Yeah, I think the starting eleven definitely is as you described there, Turkish. I think though this is a must-win game. And that sounds a little yeah. bit dramatic to say at this point. It's a must-win. The reason why it's a must-win is because everybody is looking at Arsenal now to collapse. Everyone. The, your your momentum has been broken. Your main striker up top's out. If Arsenal don't win this game, it A, yeah. just gives the, the opposition that, oi, oi, here we go. Here yeah. we go. Here we go. But also, I think our own confidence could be shattered. Do you know what I mean? Hang on a minute. Are we that good? Or... Uh, with no Jesus, can we score the goals? We have to win this game. We have to. And this isn't for me one of those games where I talk about normally where performances actually matter and important. It doesn't matter. Just win the game. This is Even if you lose the next game, this is a game where at least you could say off the back of the World Cup without Jesus, we can actually still manage and we can still cope. 
We it's have to win this game. Yeah. I can't have a just, it will be the media all coming together like the Avengers. If Arsenal drop points home to West Ham, I'll be like, ha, we told you the World yeah. Cup. But, yeah. oh, I just can't. I don't you have time coming. for it. It's a must win. It's a and must it's, a West Ham t- it's a West Ham team that isn't great. Is it isn't great? You know, this season's been their worst starts for at least a few seasons. A lot of question marks around them. I spoke to Dan on Box to Box. That's out tomorrow. And he mentions how Moyes is, you know, he hasn't really bedded in the, the new players that have come in over the summer well enough. Um, you couple that up with where they are in the league, lack of goals. And Dan actually predicted a 3-0 win for, for Arsenal. And, and Dan's usually very confident about these sorts of games. And he, he, he'll never usually predict a scoreline like that. So that speaks volumes for, how, for, for where West Ham are at the moment. Declan Rice, he, he took a week holiday after England's exit. Paqueta, I'm not sure if he's back there ready. Um, Aguedes, another player um, who who had a good World Cup, but will he be ready for for the game? Not too sure. So you look at the opposition, and, and Jordan's right. It's it's harsh saying must win, but essentially it, it is because it's the new benchmark. It's the it's, it's the one everyone's looking at right now. Um, even Manchester City in particular, they they they're, they're, they're looking at it to see whether Arsenal can cope without Eddie, and whether they can still get the results needed. If I look at last season, I'm confident off the back of that because with Lacazette up top, with Eddie up top, we still managed to win the majority of games that we had against teams we should be winning against, if that makes sense. The Wolves home and away, Aston Villa. Um, I know at the end of the season, Southampton and Brighton and Crystal Palace, that that throws a spanner in the works there. But aside from that end to it, after the international break, we won the majority of games we should be winning. That was without a Jesus. That was without... As Zinchenko, or we won't have him anyway. But that was that was six to eight months ago now. No, you're we're, right. We're, we're, a better better, we're, a better, we're a better team now. West Ham will be up for it because they'll be looking to get a scalp. I know it sounds weird saying to your property, but they'll be looking to beat the league leaders to get their season up and running. So they'll be up for it. We can't mm. we can't take it slightly. We this is a must must win for us. And my second point was going to be, oh yeah, the five point lead. We've got a five-point cushion. We have to try and keep that cushion for as long as possible. And if mm. we can get to maybe when Jesus is back and still have somewhere near a five-point lead, we're rocking and rolling. What I don't want to do and what I'm really fearful of is that five-point lead is wiped out come the end of January. We get to the yeah. end of January and we're second, a point behind City. Or we're third, a point behind top. Do you know what I mean? We have to, we've got a cushion. We've got to try and maintain that cushion for me for as long as possible. I agree. So lineup pretty much picks itself aside from that left back position. Interesting to see what happens there. Prediction time is that? Shall I bring up the league table? Well, oh, I missed this. Missed this. A lot earlier than this. So I have to highlight. You know. Uh, Look how you wait yeah. in there with your Santa's hat on, man. Give it a rest, mate. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> there is the table. Lee is top one. Oh, go into the table. Is uh, I haven't checked my bank account. Is all the money gone in? No. There? <laughs> Oh, shit. I no. forgot about that, yeah. I'll send it to I'll send it to Basically, it's been like uh, since Sunday, six days, and uh, yeah. I'm still waiting like yeah. And you will be for a bit longer. Oh, thank you very much, James. <laughs> no worries, right, you know? mate, I love you, mate. No Cost of living crisis out here, mate. You know what I mean? I ain't got no lights. It's, it's tough times out here, Lee. You know, give me a break. Give me a break. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'll tell you what, there's like when it goes around his guilt rings, though, isn't there? Like, I'm just saying that. Like, <laughs> Everything's on, on when he goes around there. I'm just saying. Like, ah. 
candles. For the, for the list, I'm sending it to you right now, Lee, so I don't forget because. Ah, Turk, you're an absolute star, like you know what I mean. So, no worries. For the listeners, you mine, please. You're what, mate? You, you haven't you haven't won a thing since we've been here. <laughs> <laughs> no, my my twenty quid for Lee. <laughs> oh, yours as well. Listen, man, I'm 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 not I'm not a rich man, mate. I'm not a rich man. Um, for the for the listeners on audio platforms, Lee is top nineteen points. I'm in second place, eighteen points. James in third, seventeen points, and Jordan bottom fourth. 14 points some way off. I maintain that it's very impressive that Jordan has 14 points having never got a correct score. I'm not even trolled. I mean, it's true. You're getting the majority of results. You must be to be even be within touching. Yeah, yeah. I think, no, to be fair, I've only got, I've only, I don't know, I've only got one right. It's been difficult to predict the actual score. I think the scoreline is very, very difficult to predict. Palace 2 0 is the only one I got right, and that was the start of the season. So, been downhill since then. There you go, mate. £20 sent. Thank you very much, Sergish. I've always said you're my favourite. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, I've got a few comments I need to read. <laughs> I've heard that before. Well, as I'm leaving, we're doing predictions first. I have to go first, yeah. don't I? Like, you know what I mean? So, 2 uh, 0 to the Arsenal, Turkish. 2-0 to the Arsenal. That's all right, because I'm going 3-1 Arsenal. So, we've got something different there. Back to the free ones. Um, yeah. Who's next, James? Who's next? 1-0 to the Arsenal. That's me. <laughs> That's what I'm going for. It's a nice 1-0. Here he comes. Oh, Mr. Doom and Glenn. Right? Yeah, I mean, just remember, Jordan, it's Christmas, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, we've got a 2-0 from me. We've got 3-1 from me. And we've got a 1-0 from James. Jordan. I think because you it's, go, you know. because it's Christmas, Lee, and I want to be not, uh, you know, I want to be quite cheery. I'm not going to go for a West Ham win. I'll go for a draw, and it will be. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'll go for an Arsenal win. One nil, you know. Yeah. One nil. One nil. James, we got a chance, Turkish. We've got Sorry, that chance. We're in it. We're in it to win it, Lee. Sorry, got a chance. Sorry, mate. James is gutted. Last minute penalty missed. Just, just walk up to me and and slap me in the office. That would have been less painful than picking the same score. <laughs> Something we do know, it's not going to be 1-0 after that prediction. <laughs> yeah. The minute we go 1-0 up, I'll be like, yeah, oh no. <laughs> Even if it's the second goal coming. Don't worry, a second one's coming. <laughs> yeah. All right, let me take the league table off the screen. <clears throat> Have we got our comments of the day ready? Damn yes. Right. Let's go. Let's Who's go starting go. it off? Go on, Lee. I'll go first. Uh, from Callum Olsen. I've never seen him play... But Mar- Maradona is my favourite player. You know, <laughs> who said that? Helen Foster among us. I think that <laughs> is absolutely said, brilliant. That, like that, I don't that? know who he's talking about. I'll, I'll have to, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've never seen him play, but Maradona is my favourite player. Brilliant. Absolutely. <laughs> that is the sort of comments we want. Very, very funny, witty, and to the point. Yeah. That's a Muppet. Stupid. I can <laughs> use it like a player you've never seen play. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll go next AFC Max says well if Jordan comes in grouchy next podcast 
we know that something went wrong after applying the lip gloss. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that one. <laughs> <laughs> as you remember from the start of this podcast, I had a smile on my face. But you're back home, so we don't know what went on like <laughs> She kicked me out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope it was for your snoring. That's all I'm saying. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, you like oh, kidding me. On. Who's next? James? Yeah. So there's two. Eric says that Lee and James tension is building up every day. He's absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, I, there was yeah, even yeah. tension. But, 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 what's that? Can we discuss this before you go any further? I've noticed there has been a little bit of tension between you two guys. Have me and Turkish got intervened after after we finished recording? Have we got to have a word? A team meeting? A Christmas yeah. dinner out? A couple of yeah. drinks? You two have been a bit... Listen, bit... Potter and Voldemort have a lot to get over. Um, <laughs> there's a rivalry there's a rivalry like, I can't lie you know what I mean there's we just don't like each other very we much no, we up. have to we just don't yeah you know, I, I have but, to admit like you know I know it's Christmas but I haven't sent him a card present nothing like you know there you go so I haven't ooh, I haven't sent him beef. 20 quid yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that just about says it all that does doesn't it like, you know I, mean? I have no interest in it in, in fact my second I come comment in the office, we, I, you know I come in the office I go Morning, Turkish. Morning, Robbie. Morning, Laurie. All right, James. <laughs> All right, James. <laughs> yeah, if I'm lucky. If I'm lucky. Then there's it from Darren says, not only does James owe Lee 20 quid, he also loads Lee an apology for calling him a, quote, miserable bastard for getting on at Eddie and then 30 seconds later admitting, <laughs> yeah, it was a bad miss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, about that. I think that's where the tensions come from. See, people have not sussed on that you don't like me, like, you know, so. It's been building for years, Lee. <laughs> it's been building. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll wrap up. I've got, I've got two. Jordan applying lip gloss is like the drama <laughs> tour already. You're wrapping up before applying... you done that the night before, like. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you watch your mouth, you dirty guy. <laughs> <laughs> Say, Jordan, start again. <laughs> Interrupted there rudely by my fellow <laughs> fellow contributor. That's why I don't like him. Carry on. I'm with you. I'm Team James. I'm yeah, Team James. Yeah. Um, Jordan applying lip gloss is like Adama Traore applying baby oil. Came in from 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 Harry. Um, I like that one there as well. Uh, there was a lot of bit, there was a, there was a lot of lip gloss there. And the other one I liked, which was on on the comments, was uh, what a show. I've never seen such magic. And hands down, the best of best of them all is Sir Lee Judges. Such grace, such intelligence, and the following IQ bar is none the best I've heard in a while. Charismatic, charming, and says it like it is, even if he hasn't seen what he's referring to. That takes skill. Without him, the show would probably would probably never make it. So let's all give him a standing ovation for Sir Lee Judges, possibly the greatest Arsenal fan ever. Hope I covered everything, Lee. He paid me 60 quid. Nice. Was that from James' mum? Was Stop talking, Lee. This is why I don't like you. You're ruining the comment. Carry on, Jordan. Hope I covered everything, Lee. He paid me that 60 quid. He wanted you guys to say that. Or come on, you gunners for life. That was from uh, JKL Visions. A lovely message, Lee. We've Thank got you. A fan. Is, We've got a fan. Yeah. 
no, like thank that. you very much. Like, Jay's Surly just judges. choking on his coffee there. I'm just saying, like, he's, he's grinding his coffee beans yeah. as we talk, <laughs> like, you know, so. Honestly. Uh, cool. We're cool. Oh, shit, it's an hour, seven minutes. Our longest ever forever Arsenal. Oh, goes quick, does not it? Yeah. Oh, I have to say, they go quick, these. I have to say. Really Can I just say, the less football we all watch, the more we have to say. Yeah, yeah. The the pods. <laughs> we we could watch a four a, a six goal thriller and we'd all sort of get this done in 55 minutes. But when there's absolutely nothing to watch, it just goes a bit longer. Now, no one's watched any football. We're at a minute seven, so an hour seven. So, well done. Hour seven. Yeah, but all predictions are in, all comments are in. People keep on leaving us your comments. Obviously, the Premier League is back, so give us your predictions, thoughts on the lineup, the left back situation at this current time. Who do you think is going to start? Let us know your thoughts on the pod. Get your comments of the day um, or comments of the day potentials in for the next show. We'll be back after the West Ham game, before the Brighton game next week. So probably Wednesday, Thursday, you'll see us next, people. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure the notification bell is on. Make sure you hit the like button. Let's get it up to a 1,000. It's become somewhat of the norm on this show as well, which I love. It matters to us. So hit the like button, people. Love for the love. Um, Christmas. And we're all out. Merry yeah. Christmas, everybody. Thank, uh, everybody watching, Merry Christmas. And also to you, James, you have a nice one. Thanks, Lee. You have a nice one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy, people. Enjoy. Love for the love. We are. Sports Social Podcast Network.